This is CliffCentral.com. Here's a powerful thing. I mean, it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. Multiplying leadership, moving society, the millennial way. You don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Dao. take control. Take control of your city. This is the instrument of your liberation. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. And just like that, we are live and we are bringing you the biggest and the best youth show on cliffcentral.com on any given Monday. It is the youth leadership platform and we have landed and I'm your host with the most, Bongani Tao. It's at Simply Bongani across all social media platforms. And... We have not dropped the ball, if that's what you're wondering. Um, <laughs> our guest list is still on fire. Um, hailing from Pulukwane in Limpopo, and only at the tender age of six, um, Tabiso Masabe, who happens to be today's guest, um, fell in love with reading, uh, mostly to um, learn the language and to enjoy basically what comes um, with books. Obviously, the learning um, and everything else. At 16 years, um, Masapi was seduced by her impressive mathematics uh, results into studying engineering. But after four years, um, she called it quits. Um, and perhaps she'll tell us why. <laughs> to pursue her first love. And she started, um, now she holds a Bachelor of Information Science degree, specializing in publishing from the University of Pretoria, um, also known as Takis, um, to some of you, I guess, who are, let me not use the word. <laughs> um, she started working as an intern at Jakana Media in 2010 and won her first award in 2012. So that's the caliber of the woman that um, sits in front of me, dominating. Um, and today she heads up one of the most successful publishing imprints in the country, which is Blackbird Books. Um, which um, she founded in August of 2015. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform, Tabiso. Thank you for having me. Awesome. It's uh, I've you know I've been I've been waiting to 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 have you on the show um, because of a lot of things. One of which um, on 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 social media, the the kind of love that you show to people, the kind of support that you show to towards other people's work and 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 the engagements. And which is reflected as well as on the kind of love that, that you receive from them. Um, secondly, from what I've watched, your TED talk, um, I'm big, you're small, I'm smart. <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> you're dumb. I think your story is very relatable to, um, a lot of us, especially as a black person myself, um, in any industry that, uh, we try to get into and eventually to own. So we, we're very delighted, um, to have you here. And we hope you're gonna enjoy your stay. Is um that's a deal, ne? Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get to know you. Uh first things first. You are from Bulugwane in yeah, Bobo. Sesheho. What what is your postman like? My mom's cooking. Okay. Yeah. And my mom's cooking. Um my grandmother's as well. So um just like my mom and her side of the family, I think those are the two, like the the one area of life where I've received the most love. Okay. Um, the love that I remember, the love that I can still feel, even though I mean they're all they've all passed, but it is it is the one place where I've felt most loved in the world. Hmm. What does it sound like? Um, it sounds like <laughs> my mother's shouting. My mother is such a screamer. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, listen, one minute past the lights, uh, street lights going on and you were, you were having it. Hey? Yeah. Or turn down the volume or, mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah. So th- that's what my past, yeah. My, my, my mother's, I, I, I tell people that I define my, my life in two periods. Okay. And there's the, the life that when my mom was alive and the, the, the part where she hasn't been alive. Okay. So, um, so my past would, you know, most efficiently live in the area where she was alive. Interesting. What does it taste like, lastly? Uh, taste. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I can't. You know what? This is the, the only way I can explain it. And it still goes back to my mom's cooking and my grandmother's cooking. And when I was pregnant with my daughter in 2014, sure. I literally could not eat anything that was not the food I remembered with them. Wow. So, um, yeah. So that my, the, my past still tastes like, um, my mother and my grandmother's cooking. And I mean, my psychologist uh, says my eating is rooted in my love for them. <laughs> so yeah, that's, so those are my weight issues, which is not why we're here today. But, um, yeah. So a lot yeah. of my mom. Okay. Tell us this now at, at six, a lot of kids, uh, I know with my nephews and nieces as well. Um, that it's very difficult to get them to pick up a book and, and start reading. What, what gave you the motivation to do that? Well, when I was, I was six turning seven, um, but I had been laughed at and I didn't enjoy it. So there's this kid that lived next door, um, who, I mean, naked last year, I'd never been to Gauteng and, uh, lived up here with his grandmother and went to St. Stephen's. Wow. Can you imagine? Yes, yes. Can yes, you yes, imagine yes. the level of English that that boy would, would spit out? But I only Shucks. knew three English phrases. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't see and I can't smell or something like that, but they were all sensory, I think. Wow. And so what I do every time he spoke to me in English, I don't know why, why the hell was he speaking English to me, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so what I do is I'd rotate the phrases. Okay. So, um, so I'd like kind of like, okay, which one have I used too much now? And just hold that one in. Um, until there came a point where I think I'd, like the one that I'd use, cause I got away with it, you sure, know, for sure. a little while. And sure. then, then there came a point where the, the one phrase I'd used was definitely not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so he burst out laughing. My mother, um, burst out laughing from my kitchen. So yeah, it, it was a lot. So I was like, no, I'm not going to, this is not happening again. So what, what was the first book you, f- you fell in love with? I, I don't remember the first book I fell in love with. What I, what I did start reading with was, uh, my father's newspapers. Okay. So my dad to this day brings home like a stack of papers every day. Like he buys papers across all the, the houses, uh, brings them home. So I started reading those, but newspapers are dreary, man. Mm, you know, mm, like it's mm, not the kind of mm, reading a seven year old mm, should be reading. Sure. So I, I, I kind of got over them very quickly. And by, but by the time I got over them, I, I was able to string sentences together. Okay. Because I was in grade one then. So I didn't know dog. I, I knew man. I knew I just ha- didn't have the ability to, to put sentences together. And by the time I finished with my father's newspapers, I could. Um, and, I, I've said this story so many times and to, I, I, I keep hoping I'm going to remember, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I found these reader's digests. Okay. Um, those, okay. Re, those thick brown condensed versions where you had about three or two stories inside. Sure. So I found those and those were my first experience of getting lost in stories and, you know, getting, getting to create worlds that were not yours and, and, and just, you know, being one with these words. Sure. sure. So that those were the first, I can't, I don't remember the story title, but I remember the medium. Um, and it was the, the reader's digest. And yeah, so that's, that's how it started. Do you have any siblings? I do have two younger sisters. Okay. Yeah. The and one is 28, the one is 23. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so with, with the stories that you read, um, reader, reader's digest amongst other, um, publications from different, um, houses, were you sharing these stories with, um, some people that, uh, were around you at the time? No, no. It was a world that I escaped into completely okay. by myself. Okay. Mm. So your reality needed an escape. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I was mean, happening in? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm not at liberty to talk about. Okay. Um, because they're not my own stories. I mean, even though I experienced them, but they're not my stories. Um, but there's also when, um, and because I grew up as well, like I grew up a, a fat child. I've always been sure. fat. And, and you know, the teasing that comes with that. I mean, I remember like 
the year the year before I, I I'd start reading, there were days where I'd bunk school. So I'd leave home with my school bag and scuff Tina and just because the township was still in like a, a construction phase, like okay. I find in between so I, I live in zone four and there's the school that I went to was in zone two. Sure. And there was in between the two zones there was a construction area and there was huge pipes. Um, and I'd just sneak in there and just wow. sit there all day and just wait for the school to come out because I was tired of being bullied. Sure, sure. Um, so I think when I did find reading, it was one of the, it was one of the things that I needed escape from. Hmm. It's interesting that that then became, um, what you did or do, mm. um, as, as an adult. Wow. So, um, with, with, with your siblings, what are some fond memories you remember, um, having with your sisters growing up? I think, Right now, I'm at a point where I'm starting to develop those moments. Okay. Um, because my relationship with them has been largely anxiety driven. Uh, because my mom died when I was 12 and sure. my, um, the middle sister was six and the youngest one was like one, two, one, one. Um, so, and you know, even with two parents that are, that are alive, the firstborn kind of becomes deputy parent. Mm-hmm. So I became super deputy parent because my father was there. He was taking care of us. We had help. Um, so we always had a helper, but you kind of assume a responsibility, um, for your siblings. And I remember when, um, when, um, my mother died the night that she died, um, cause she was in a hospice and we'd gone to go see her. Um, and when the nurse, I don't think that nurse thought I could hear English because I don't know that she'd have said that if she had known that I could hear English. But anyway, so she said to my father, she's not going to make it to the next morning. Um, and I'm just standing there. I'm a little kid. I'm like, what? No. So I start screaming and they're like, no, you can't scream because, um, other people are visiting their, 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 their loved ones. And sure. when you scream, you give them anxiety because everyone here is dying. Yeah. Um, so, so the nurse said to me that I must promise my mother that I would take care of my sister. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of stayed with me. Um, and so I, that's what I did. I spent my entire life trying to take care of my sisters and I'd take blame, I'd, I'd take blame and find faults in the, in the places where they're broken, where I couldn't help. Um, and in the year that my youngest sister turned 18, um, that was in 2014, I, I, I said to them, it was a 2014 year, 2015, 2014, 15, I said to them, I'm, I'm, I need you guys to leave me alone. Okay. I asked them to leave me alone and ask them that they only come to me with like the biggest problems in life, you know, like the ones that they really could not solve. Like I didn't want to be their first point of call anymore. I wanted to live a little bit. Sure. Jokes sure. on me because I fell pregnant right after. So <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> but so I'm only starting to experience being a sister now. Yeah. Like, um, and I mean, my youngest sister and I are probably most alike. So we, we do a lot of things together. Okay. Um, like? so. Going out drinking, you know, she, I think she thinks she's my friend more because <laughs> last week Friday she called me, she's like, Hey, where are you? I'm like, I'm not your friend, <laughs> but 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 I, I do love having her around because even when you tell your sisters, Don't call me all the time, you do want to, you do want to see them, sure. you want to make sure that they're okay. And I, I, I mean, when I drive, I, I do tend to drive quite fast and you know, kind of bend stuff a bit. But I found every time I drive and she's following me, mm-hmm. it's the most stressful time of my life because I'm constantly ch- checking to make sure that she's fine. Ah. Even though she drives all the other times and I'm not there, you sure, know, like, sure, but sure. I'm constantly checking that she's okay. We were driving last week Sunday and I, I was on the phone. And then when I turned to look in the mirror, she was not, I couldn't see her behind me. And I'm in a panic. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? I call her like, oh, no, I'm just, I, I, I stopped too. Make a wee. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm only now starting to kind of come at them as, as a sister, as, as, as a girl, mm. you know, girl to girl and not as their deputy parent, you know, like mm. I, like I've been all my life. Interesting. Now moving into books before mm. we talk about, um, the, the company that you founded that just turned three, right? And, yes. and, and the challenges <laughs> that have, um, come from that. One book that any person that is trying to understand you should read and get a, a, a glimpse of who you are. Oh man, I think um, so. Before before I even did um, Blackbird books, sure. Um, my father, my monster by Macintosh Palela. 
mm. is the one book uh, that changed the trajectory of my my career mm-hmm. because I finally understood the enormous responsibility um, that 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 comes with being a publisher as a black person sure and that the the stories that we put out and the and the work that we put out needs to be representative of our people and to to have people be touched in the way that they were by that book because that book you know it's layers and layers and layers of black lives you know in south africa in different ways and the way in which people responded to that book the way in which people found themselves in that book the the kind of conversations that it started um i think that's that's what that 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 was the book that kind of set off the trajectory hmm. if if you were to write a book what would be the title of the book <laughs> putting you on the spot right uh-huh. <laughs> yes you are you are um so it, it, wow things i learned from sleeping with your husband oh wow <laughs> Oh my goodness That yeah, is yeah. a title and a half Yeah A life and a half <laughs> I can't wait to buy that When is that coming out? <laughs> when is that coming out? Uh, I've, I've got like three three episodes of it on my blog So yeah. Oh really? Yeah What's 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 the website? Uh, Super Soul Wednesday Super Soul Wednesday Yeah Dot com Yeah dot com Okay Yeah yeah I'm gonna go and read Wednesdays or Wednesday mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, we'll find it. Yeah, just a super we'll soul Wednesday. It. My name it should come up on WordPress. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but I mean, titles like those they 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 sell. Do you think that um, um, over sensationalization of certain things by the media still has a place in um, South Africa at this point? Listen, as a publisher, I wanted to just like kind of f off. Okay. You know? Um, because if you look at when, when, so when, when the country had the struggle, right? Sure. Um, the apartheid struggle and then that kind of ended and then we had like, so during the struggle, we had struggle literature. Then we had post struggle literature, which was still struggle heavy. Sure. And I think that's when we lost a lot of the market, the, the local market to international because people read to escape, you know, you don't mm. want, um, and because at that time, I think it was just primarily white people buying books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, as a person with white guilt, you don't want to be <laughs> buying books that remind you of your guilt sure, every single sure, day, you sure. know? So I think that's where we lost the market, um, hugely. But now it's very interesting to see it happen again with the Zuma era. Okay. I mean, it has infiltrated publishing scene so badly that I worry about what's going to happen post Zuma. Mm. So, I mean, we either have Cyril just going into the most scandalous, um, kind of, you know, <laughs> alter ego sure. or, or, or something, because then if you look at the kind of sales, when you look at the sales breakdown and you see right now, it's like the president's keepers at the top. It's how to steal a country. It's, it's, it's all these like Gupta related books yes. that are, that are, that are, you know, being the top sellers. And I just, you know, if we could just have a normal life as a country, you know, if we could just go into rise, come out, um, so that we could just start reading to consume art. Yeah. Uh, more than anything. So okay. I do think that the media plays a role. So if the media hints at a, an ousting meeting that happened at the foyer of a hotel, <laughs> any book that comes out after that, that, you know, kind of talks about Has to detail that, that, that oust, that meeting yeah, is yeah, going yeah, to be the, yeah. the bestseller. So I think the media ought to do better. I mean, they've got the responsibility to, to tell us the truth, but also just do better. Yeah. Mm. A lot of youth um, growing up in 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 South Africa, we we're looking for the next um, J.K. Rowling, just to 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 name a few. Stephen King, who are gonna give us books where well, we you're can... not silly for looking for them, but okay. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the level of success that they've been able to yeah, achieve yeah. through writing and also books that will be turned into movies. Yeah, and and I mean we can create adjacent industries and. And be able to just pocket a lot from that um, mm. to 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 grow economy. How can we now start infiltrating and decolonizing the education to introduce or to include, you know, m- more immensely um, books from South African authors, books about authentic stories about South Africa? The government needs to do better. Okay. How to government, how so? government lets us out, lets us down hugely because one, the books aren't prescribed in school. Okay. Um, 
they are not being bought as they should be for libraries. Um, so much money that gets thrown around, like to things like, say, the South African Book Fair, which um, gets a lot of um, state funding, but you still have a misrepresentation of what the landscape mm. ought to be, right? Um, I've been blacklisted though by that festival. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, um, you know, when you talk about, you know, the the kind of runaway successes that that you, you've mentioned, mm-hmm. it also, I mean. You, South Africa would not know of J.K. Rowling if the people uh, where she comes from didn't consume her. Yes. So the hype around that yes. kind of spread. Yeah. Right. So we we need to be slightly more patriotic. <laughs> um, so it's the difference between, you know, when you walk into a bookstore, um, are you going to pick up Marion Keys or are you going to pick up Cynthia Jale? Sure. You know, who do you want your children to read? Where, where, who do you want your children to see when they grow up? Mm. Um, I mean, if it's an unattainable Marion Keys who lives in, in the States or whatever, then great. Happy for you. Well done. Clap. Uh, but if you want your, and one of the reasons that I started Blackbird was because I had my child, sure. you know, and, um, I wanted her to grow up to be anything in the world that she wanted to be, or at least believe that she could be. Um, so, and I knew that the best place for her to learn that was for me. Okay. So I, I, I started Blackbird because I wanted, her to grow up um watching me do things sure so that she could want to do things mm-hmm. or believe that she could do things so um your 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 firstborn could be like the the, the greatest writer of all time mm. but if she, he or she grows up um not seeing himself represented enough then he's never ever going to believe that he can do that interesting mm. 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 you know what um <laughs> dropping pearls of wisdom already what what are some of the challenges that you encountered now venturing into entrepreneurship from interning at Jakana and and getting introduced to I'm the broke. publishing space? I'm broke. Okay. As hell. Like take broke. us take us through that. <laughs> Young entrepreneurs listening, this is it. Listen up. Pay close attention. So yes. I I mean I grew up in an era where I think like the the people that Batlangafasakarona like the from eighty seven, eight. Yeah, that's us. Mm-hmm. There's a, you. I think you guys grew up with a little different. Like mindset, Delna is a little different. Sure. My age group, so my eighty till eighty four, five. Mm-hmm. We were taught to go to school, get an education, get a job. Sure. You know, this entrepreneurship thing is not something that I had ever imagined myself going into. So it was quite incidental. And when something is incidental, it means you're figuring shit out all the time. You know, um, you're learning all the time um, and also having to, to own up to some truth about your abilities. So I know at the moment I'm, I'm, I don't have enough business savvy to kind of uh, be operating on my own. Okay. So it helps immensely that I'm incubated. By a bigger company, sure. Um, it 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 first saves my mental health, um, it saves the sh- shortfall of my skills, and it means that financially I'm not thrown in the deep end all the time. Okay. So even when I personally am broke, uh, or when the the entity is not making enough in profit, it means that there's always money for production. So my production never stalls. So there's never a point to be getting, I don't have stock because I don't have money to reprint. So mm. I think also people need to learn the kind of, the best entrepreneurship space and collaborations to go into for their business. Hmm. So it doesn't help to go, yeah, no, but can you stand sure sure you know so it, it is it really really is about figuring out the kind of business that you're in um its prospects yes um and also just the best people to collaborate with for to because i, I think that col- collaborations are probably um the most sustainable thing for entrepreneurship at the moment three years into it do you have um things that you could have done differently looking back <clears throat> Yeah, I think always, hey? Okay. Always. I mean, um, I, I, I was talking to this one book reviewer yesterday and I said, you guys, you guys are losing credibility because now all of a sudden every book that comes out is amazing. I'm like, how? You know, because as a publisher, there's books that I read two months down the line. They've been out. I'm like, Mm. Um, you know, like I could have done that better or this could have been executed better. So there is with every single project, there's a lesson that you learn. Mm. Um, there is, um, and I mean, I work with authors, so there's human beings at the other end of my, 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 my deals. And, and there's, there's a lot of things as well, my interpersonal relationships that I could have handled better. Um, 
uh, or I could have managed better. Uh, but I'm learning, you know, it's three mm, years mm, in mm. Um, learning, learning, learning. Being Bonang um, was, was, was quite a, <clears throat> what a, a shocker for, for, for some people because with the being social Bonang media. Being Bonang is the show. <laughs> oh, being from Bonang A2B. from A to B. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, from A to B. Um, yes. I remember in, in the TED talk, were you referring to that when you're saying there's certain people that are waiting for you to um, make a mistake or for something to go wrong yeah. for them to, to actually yeah. jump in and say, because you did, know what? Mm, it did feel like a ton of bricks coming down on me. But I think also looking back now, it is to do with the magnitude of the person we were dealing with. Sure. So the Bonang factor cannot be uh, kind of dismissed from that. But also because as a young black, um, as a young black Woman, people are always waiting for you to sure. slip up as a black person, as a black woman. Um, yes. You know, people are always, you're, you're, I mean, if you look at kind of all the think pieces that have come out post, um, Serena's, uh, match sure. on Sunday and people are talking about how as a black woman, she's getting a lot more flack than, um, her white male counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it does happen. You, you fight a lot harder when you're a black woman. You, mm-hmm. you fight for visibility. You fight for the space to make mistakes as well because there are very few books in the bookshop that sit without errors sure, you know sure. and um so what 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 happened i felt was unwarranted mm-hmm. uh, but it happened and so you you know you pick up you you carry on because um the last thing you want to give your detractors is is you know satisfaction to to see you lose mm. so you carry on and you fight hard and it's not like we've never seen mistakes from your Malcolm Gladwells and Ex- a lot guys. of actually a lot of international books have yeah. a lot of errors, but um, but they 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 are protected by the international bands. A lot of them, some are protected by who published them and as white men, and some are you know it's just when you when you are it, it's funny because when you you fight for visibility. So if I'm visible as a black. Publisher and when people say, "Oh, we want to publish back, go to Tabi," so so it's it's funny because it's the same hyper visibility that comes back to 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 hurt you, mm. um, because unlike if if say for example Penguin had made a mistake, mm. people talk about Penguin as a publishing house, not, not but when when people. it's me. People say tabby so yes. not um not blackbird books, mm. you know, so it's the face and the and the hyper visibility that come with it. And funny enough, two days before that 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 shit storm broke, I I, I had suddenly just felt the urge to watch um um Oprah, that a talk that she had given it at at at, at Essence, and she was talking about when she started own okay. the TV network and how how badly it was doing, and how she 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 says when you when you can't deal with your mistakes in private, it becomes a lot harder. So hmm. when your mistake is part of the news bulletin, sure. It's, it's a lot harder to take sure, because sure. everyone that works somewhere that works in a production line or just coming up with ideas and executing things know, know that things go wrong. Mm. You know, the only people that would ever laugh at something that's gone wrong is people that have never been in a position to create anything. Of course. So, but, but people, so if you work in a bank and, a launch went wrong So you guys went And tested something At 3am And were unable To go back online uh, And people were struggling It's still FNB That went wrong And it passes quickly But if it's you personally On the news crawl Or on 702 Like every hour Bulletin comes up And it's your name It's a lot harder Um but but you 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 know then you kind of have to accept that that's the kind of level you're playing at now. Sure, sure. Um, and that those things will happen, mm. and that there's a reason why you're there, um, and that you, nothing nothing but you but you can bury you, mm. you know. Um, and you you learn to you learn that nothing but death should feel like death. Wow. You know, so you you, you if you're alive, you're not dead. Yeah. So you can't treat anything else like death. Yeah. Um. So you carry on. You wake up. You carry on, you allow yourself time. And I, I mean, I allowed myself a lot of time. I moved back home to my father. I was so distraught. Sure. I moved back home. Um, I needed to, my ego had taken a huge knock, mm. you know, um, uh, my business had taken a huge knock, um, financially, reputation wise. So I needed time to regroup and I did that. I went, I moved back home to my dad. Um, so I've been on one long leap year, like, um, like, what do they call it? Uh, sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm working, but I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, but you, you regroup. You mm, regroup mm. and you remember your purpose. You remember why you're here. Wow. It, we are in the fourth industrial revolution, the 
they say. So it's the digital age. Everything is digital. Um, does that pose a threat to to your publishing business? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So it affected the West quite badly when the digital publishing thing started. Okay. But not Africa, because we still lag. Yeah, um, yeah. In a lot of areas. So I, I, I don't think that it means we ought to be complacent, though. Yes. I do think that we ought to be putting things in place for when it does hit. Yes. Because I do think it will hit. If you look at the kind of age groups and generation generational gaps, mm-hmm. I think there is like the, the, the kids that are in high school now are not going to be picking up uh, paperback. Um, so we do need to prepare for it. It's quite sad for them, though, because I hate ebooks. Like, you send me an ebook. <laughs> I'm never going to read it because it affects my eyes. It's, there's, there's just qualities about it that are just not appealing to me that are not calling my name. Yeah. You know? like I see on, and I don't know if this is an affordability issue, but I see on Twitter and I follow those threads and I keep saying, Oh my gosh, this is the last thread I'm following of this time, <laughs> but I always follow it again. Sure. Um, where someone's like, Hey, what are you reading now? And people are responding with what they're reading now. And there's always like about 10 or 20 people saying, do you have a soft copy? Please send it to me. Hey, bo, you're asking, you're doing something <laughs> illegal and you know, like, yeah. you know, and, but maybe people don't even know that it's illegal. As oh, well. yes. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So there's those dynamics about our country yeah. um, as well that we can't um, overlook. But you're preparing for, for when it hits. Not, not as, not as well as I ought to be preparing. Okay. You know, um, myself and then the industry at large. Um, isn't preparing So maybe people are waiting To be knocked down So they can rebuild I don't know Sometimes I do feel like We need to break down Every single system That is in place now And rebuild again Yeah To, to allow for more assimilation um, Or to just break away And start new things But sure. um, we'll see How can how can we use um, <clears throat> You know um, This this platform that you have To reshape the narrative That's, that's there in South Africa to, to, to put it across to you, I interviewed Claire L. Bell. She wrote a book about lost where we belong and overcoming all the prejudices that she was taught as a white, um, woman in South Africa, um, by going <laughs> to the trans guy and, and facing all, all the different things, um, that she was told not to, um, associate herself with. Um, in, in, in the book, she goes to a library in Benoni, um, where I'm from. And there's still books there that perpetuate ideologies from the apartheid era mm. that still paint our people with um, a black paint. Excuse, no pun intended. So how do we use now this platform to reshape all those narratives and go against all those ideologies that <coughs> existed um, before? Yeah, well, I wish I knew, hey? I wish I knew because, I mean, we live in a country where the government is very happy to stand up co-parlamenting and have an MP read out. We are so proud of Blackbird Books, Tabiso Matlape, da 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 for doing one, two, three and whatnot. But the same people never call you to say, how can we help? Mm. You know, they never call to say, how can we purchase books? Because those libraries, it's going to take government to change that. Mm. You know, and if the presence and the visibility of a black publisher is not making them stand up and do that, I don't know how. And I get so tired of people saying, no man, you know, I'm friends with ministers, mamangs, PA, I can get you in. Why does it need to take that? Yeah. Why does it need to take me connecting to someone, somebody to get to things? Like, why isn't, it's not, it's not like they don't know about me. Mm. They know, they know very well, mm. you know, um, but have they, have they done anything? And the, the thing is, my job is to publish books, is to produce these products mm-hmm. and, and, and what happens next in the chain ought to be someone else's responsibility. And very often now we get caught up in, in, in a space where publishers can't just enjoy the luxury of being publishers. Mm. You know, we have to also sort out their literacy issues. We have to do one, we have to do three and we do as best as we can, but mm. there's just too much of it for, for all of it to come from us. What do you look for in an author? So, uh, say I, I've been working on a, a manuscript and I want to submit it to you. Well, one black tick, <laughs> <laughs> young tick tick. Okay. Um. So right now I'm I'm looking at someone who who wouldn't have imagined they could be published five years ago. Mm. Oh wow! 
So, um, but there has to be talent. Um, there has to be an element of risk taking. Okay. Uh, I love that. I don't always find it, but I love that. I love, I love people that are deliberate about breaking conventions around what a book is and what a story ought to be. Um, but it has to be deliberate. It can be accidental. Mm-hmm. You, can, <laughs> you can always tell when someone broke a convention by accident. Sure. You know, um, and I mean, I get a lot of submissions. So what I do is I'll read the synopsis. Okay. So I'll ask for like three chapters, a synopsis and a bio. I read, um, the synopsis so I get what the idea is. So if the idea is, I'm not going to go through like, because what's going on. And, but if I like the idea, yeah. I go, I go to the text because I want to see how well you, you've, you've executed your that. own yes. idea. Sure. Um, and first paragraph is very important. You have to be able to get me in first paragraph because I, I I'm not going to, Sift through pages and pages to, to find if you've got talent. The oh, talent has okay. to shine through. Sure. The thing has to shine through first paragraph. Then I carry on, um, and I read. Hmm. With some of the, um, sub- submissions that you've read across and, you know, you spent a lot of time, um, on, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen with a lot of, um, wannabe authors? Hmm. That everyone seems to be doing. So like, people will ah. be like, so I wrote a book exactly like Panache, Panache's book. Yeah. So if I publish Sweet Medicine, like I wrote a book exactly like Sweet Medicine. I've already published Sweet Medicine, love. Oh, why would I want another one? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like don't, don't try and I'm always try, like don't get into spaces where you want to recreate other people's things. Mm. Get into a space with the idea. So I always, when I talk to publishing students, I always tell them when you graduate, you need to study the industry so much that when you graduate, you need to know when you go look for jobs, you have to be able to offer the publisher a solution. Mm. Hmm. You know, so give me something you excite me. Don't tell me you've written a book, the kind of book that I've already published. Mm. That doesn't help. Hmm. Now, let's, 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 I guess, break away from, from, from this a bit and, and, and get to know you even further. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> from that saucy, um, title of the book that you gave me. Don't I'm, say cool. I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna infer, but I'm just gonna leave you to, um, let us know. Guys, I listen to Chakaranda FM. <laughs> <laughs> and I say this with shame because people laugh at me. Yeah. But I spend so much of my time thinking um, when I work. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is thinking, is strategizing. And, and, and so when I get in the car, I want to sing along. And, and you know, a lot of music can be like people trying to be too deep. And that's not what I'm looking for. Literally, mm. I just went, hey, here's my number. Like, I just want to <laughs> sing along to something ridiculous, to something, you know, silly and yeah, just be yeah. silly in the car. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just want things to be light. And also because they don't talk a lot. <laughs> on Jacaranda. Okay. Yeah. And I also get, I get very easily embarrassed by people that call into radio stations. So when I listen to black stations, <laughs> I feel a sense of responsibility <laughs> for those people because they, they're my people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So Gert on Jacaranda, honestly, embarrassing his own people, it's got nothing yeah, to do with <laughs> me. Yeah. Like, it's easy going. I'm like, oh, lol, Gert. <laughs> but it's Gert and, you know, he's not my person. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, no malanga calling into Metro and, and saying something stupid is just, <sighs> yeah. So I want, I want a responsibility for your life when I listen to music. Yeah. I mean, there's other people that I listen to. Like, I obviously I listen to all the classics with Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, all, you know, the people that we grew up on. Sure, um, sure. I, I love, love, love Dolly Patton. I love, uh, Dobie Gray. Okay. I love Percy Sledge. Okay. Uh, so the people that I grew up on, mm. I love. Um, I definitely do not listen to Gom. <laughs> I, I, I do not listen to Skr, Skr. <laughs> And, um, yeah, like d- this new age things. So when you're let, out, let, how let does you. it work? When I'm out, like if, would you, I'm like singing, yeah, 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 yeah. But the minute the DJ goes, um, uh, here is the joy. You see? Ooh. Then ah. I'm, <laughs> see, then the party starts. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So I'm at, like, house. yeah, so old school, ready. Ah, you're my person. You, 
Ah, I'm telling you. So, um, <clears throat> let's, let's look at some of the authors that, um, have shaped you, um, South African authors to be more precise, or just African, I, I guess, to not exclude mm. people like Chinua Achebe, maybe, if he's one of your favorites. Who are your three favorites? And what lessons have you learned from them? You know what the tragedy is? Yes. Is that I wasn't shaped by South African writers. Okay. And that's not what I want for mm. upcoming generations. Okay. So I was telling um, Fred Kumalo yesterday mm-hmm. that his two novels, um, Bitches Brew mm-hmm. and Seventh Heaven, sure. were my first introduction into what South African literature could actually feel like. Ah. You know, so I love and adore him for that. Mm-hmm. Um Tandom Kolozana okay. for his ability to reinvent himself with every novel and for his writing that does not feel laborious. Well, the, it is it is quite heavy in Hear Me Alone, but otherwise he's able to just tell a story sure. as a story is. Um, and the third one, let us see. <laughs> see, the anti-naf women, do you see? Are the anti-naf yeah, women? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I think... Um, I enjoyed um, Zakes and Da. Okay. You, know. you enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't read him a lot anymore. Okay. You see. Um, Why not though? I don't have time. Oh. Okay. I don't have time. Um, there's so many books that I still need to read. So at, 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 at best, I'm just hoping life. for retirement so I can get through everyone. Okay. Uh, but his, his, his ways of dying was, was also a very powerful book to me. I recommend that to a lot of people. But also very recently, I think a book that I found quite powerful, um, is Cynthia Jeller's, um, the, the ones with purpose. Okay. Um, it, it's such a powerfully written book and I couldn't finish it. I probably never will because, um, right in the beginning, there's a woman that dies of cancer and, and it, it's very similar to ah. how my mother died. And so it was very triggering for me. I spent two weeks in bed after I tried reading it. Hmm. Um, and, and she was saying to me that, the, that that's one of the reasons why when she was still writing the draft, she didn't send it to me, hmm. um, because she knew I would get triggered. But yeah, so it was, it's really, it's, I'd, I'd say like go out and get that book. It's mm. so, so well done. What are you currently reading? Um, I'll tell you now. <laughs> Just, I have to look at the title. Okay. Um, is it a South African, African author? No, it's or African, somebody from, African. Oh, my African. Bo- my, yeah, my book club reads, um, only African. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Butterfly Burning by Yvonne Vera. Ah, yeah, okay. That's what I'm currently reading for the. Do we, do we, do we need more book clubs? Um, in townships and, and how can, if so, how can we make them, um, like refine them to a point where they are buying a lot of books from black publishers so that they make money, but as well, we're getting more books into the township and we're getting more people in the township. Absolutely. Reading. We need that. We do, you know? And I mean, if like people call me up, I'm like, hi, uh, my name is Banbani. There's 10 of us. Can we organize discounts when we want to buy books in bulk for all 10 of us? That'd be great. You know? Okay. We totally do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I, I guess they've, they've noted that now. Um, so you can go out there and, and, and buy books. I've been toying around with an idea of the narrative where we sit down authors and, and we talk about their books, but now that becomes something that is made for TV. Um, do you think ideas like that, um, could work? To, of course, to it, enhance? of course it could work. Are you going to find someone to buy into it? I don't know. Corporate is like just runs in the opposite direction of books because I, I suppose they, they want to get involved in things that they imagine have influence. Um, mm. and are influential and maybe they don't feel like books get to their target markets as, as, as much as they would like to. Mm. So, I mean, right now I see no reason why Capitech is not partnering with an author, like a black author. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, you're trying to sell this new kind of youth driven savvy banking. Why aren't you like, it's like people want to keep people stupid. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, because obviously the more pe- the more well read people are, mm-hmm. the more interrogative they become. Sure. So it's like it's like this like a big ploy, just sitting to keep people stupid so that people are not questioned. In honor of Women's Month that just ended, I think obviously it's it has to be every day and every month. Mm. Who are your top five dead or alive Mbogoto? Women that have made 
this wonderful and giving and loving and powerful woman that sits in front of us today? My mother. Okay. Um, just for, 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 for staying alive as long as she did, you know, for enduring. Um, and, and not even before she fell ill, but just the circumstances around her upbringing, her life, you know, just for enduring and for, for staying alive as long as she did. Um, she'll remain my top person for the rest of my life. Um, the second one is my mother's aunt, okay. who is like the first feminist I ever knew. And I didn't even know what feminism was. I just knew that I loved her guts. I loved how she stood up for herself. Um, and I love how she fought for herself. And for us, and she loved me immensely. Um, so her, the third one, um, I mean, although not a woman yet, but my daughter. Sure. Um, and you know, little did I know that when I named her Lissedi, that she would literally be my light. She wow. is, um, I know how to have faith because I had her. Hmm. Um, and, and, and every time I, I want to give up, I think of her and I don't. And there's mm. days when I don't want to get out of bed, but I do because she's about to come back from school and I don't want her to come home to a heap of a mother in bed. Wow. Um, so she keeps me alive, um, basically. Um, and then number four, I think not to mention in any kind of order. Yeah. Order yeah. like as a band together, mm-hmm. my friends, I, I'm surrounded by just some of the most phenomenal women in the world and they love and carry me as though that would not a job, you hmm. know, as though it's not a job to carry me. And hmm. I know I'm not the easiest person to, to carry because I moan, I bitch and, 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 and I'm always depressed, but they love me unreservedly and they take care of me emotionally. And they are like, there's never a time when I've looked around and none of them were there. Hmm. Um, and the fifth one, I think, um, also not a singular person, but just the, the, the black women who have had the courage to, to create and, 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 and start and, and kind of pioneer things. So mm. people like Oprah, people like Toni Morrison, um, for a long time, my Twitter name was Oprah Morrison because the, the, um, the, 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 the command that Oprah has, you know, over black people and black stories and as well as Toni Morrison's having been able to in the world that she was in, which is America back then, you know, start to publish black people and then also go on to write some, some of the most prolific literature of our time as well. So yeah, so that, that kind of sums that up. Mm. If I, if I had six, I'd say people like, like women that are able to kind of accept their freedom and live in it. Mm. Women like Zodo Abantu. Sure. Yeah. Munchal Saneli, I think, um, is, is one of those people as well. She, she's very open and even about her, her sexuality. Um, she, she was speaking on the show the other day that there's people that call her and say, you know, I want to be this person, but because of religious constraints or otherwise mm, mm. other things or systems in place. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I can't think, express myself like that. Yeah, in in terms of how she expresses herself and how she goes about life, I do think I do think so, but obviously not someone I consume because um again not on Jacaranda and I don't understand <laughs> that. <laughs> also I don't understand that music that she sings. Okay. Know? Um yeah. <laughs> how do you deal with depression personally? Uh whew, man I I allow it. Okay. First of all, I allow it. Um, I learn, I, I try to, to always be so aware that I know what the trigger is. Okay. Because if I, if I, if I, if I know what the trigger is, then I'm able to hold on to this is what's wrong. Sure. It, 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 it's more overwhelming when you can't figure out what the trigger is and you're just feeling like, so it's very easy to say my life sucks. So mm. I'm, I, I need to go, I need to kill myself or whatever. I see. Because you don't know what the trigger is for, and this is for me and I don't know how other people cope, but for me personally, I try to remember what the trigger is and I try to figure out a way to sort out the trigger. But I also allow myself days and days and days in bed, um, where I cry. Um, sometimes I, I, I try to drink it away. It, mm. it, it don't work. Get <laughs> <it> away. <laughs> it don't work. <laughs> but, but in the moment, it's, it's, yeah, fun, in right? the moment, it's, yeah, it's, it's, great, it's great, you know? It's um, like... but yeah, I, I try to remember what the trigger is and I try to, so, and also I have like a few people that I trust that, 
that would know like there's some people who would call me and and know instantly that I'm not okay mm. um and 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 the people would help me pick out what is wrong um my, I think sometimes my boyfriend thinks he's amazing at picking things out <laughs> and he's not but I appreciate the effort sure sure you know like just especially in the way he suggests I deal with it and I'm just like lol no mm. but um yeah but he cares so that's fine and I've got um I've got friends I can call when I I I have um a panic attack or like an anxiety attack and I sure. struggle to breathe. I know I'll call. It used to be that I could call Nakane, but you know, he's frolicking with Madonna now and he's gone. Uh, but now, what? yeah, but now I know it's I can. amazing things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But now I know I can call him and she will answer the phone and she will help me breathe and she'll help me steady my breathing. Um, so it's really just through support as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like now I live at home and my dad knows I came home because I was hideously depressed, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how to help me. But, you know, just the little things that he does, like if, if, if auntie writes a grocery list for me and I've seen it on the content, I'm going to do it like tomorrow or whenever I feel like getting out of bed. And by the time I get out of bed, my dad's already done it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just like having like an enormous sense of support around you and, and, sure. and people that love you and, you know, want you to be okay. Mm. And I think there's, there's there's yet to be an author that I've whose book I've read that actually depicts that um, <clears throat> like living with depression and living it with with depression at this current moment in time in South Africa being black with all the strictness of parents not wanting to talk to children the lack of emotional intelligence amongst black people and the fact that we're not opening up about things but you forgot technical um uh, technical technical kind of a king recession well seem to me right so what are your plans what are your plans now with um blackbird what what do you foresee I think I'm turning around with the idea of publishing like 20 books next year sure. and then taking a gap year in 2020. But I know that's not going to happen, so I'm going to pace myself. <laughs> so um, just to bring out more books. Okay. Um, debut more writers. Um, you know, just allow people to come into the space and um, experience it and live it. Um, but also for me to just, you know, be happy, write. I love writing. Okay. So I want to do that. Um and to see my child thrive, that's yeah, that's very important to me. But yeah, but Blackbird is not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Think that people can just forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> speak you speak to your child, I guess, and subsequently to every other child that's listening to this show right now. Choose love over fear. Choose the thing you love over the thing that you fear. Hmm. That is Tabi so much. How do people reach you? On social media and It depends What do they want <laughs> <laughs> um, At Tabiso Bonita On Instagram On Facebook Not on Facebook On Twitter I try to keep Facebook For people that know me Because they know I'm joking Yeah uh, The rest of you get us fired <laughs> and, and, and hurt us economically But um, uh, Yeah But at Tabiso Bonita On Twitter At Blackbird Books um, At underscore Blackbird Books If you want to ask about How to submit And 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 That's yeah uh, On Twitter And then on um, Instagram, it's at Tabiso Bonita. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much um, Thank you for, for taking me. the time to be out with us. And hopefully it wasn't a laborious last interview of 2018. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm not talking to anyone for the rest of the year. Honestly, it's true, Bob. I did, a, I did a documentary beginning of the year. I filmed a documentary. It's coming out next month. Oh, wow. Okay. But it was such a lot. It was such a lot of, like, it took a lot from me. So I'm done. I'm done for the year. I'll be, we will all be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, you, you just see. follow me on Twitter. I lol on Twitter largely. Hey, I don't. I, I know. You know, hey, I, know. I do. I like lol. I know. You are just. <laughs> you know, it's life. <laughs> yes, I lol. Sometimes you just want to like everything. You like, 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 and you like. Uh, but now you're blowing up her notifications account. Chill. Chill. <laughs> <Relax>. <laughs> <Hold yourself. laughs> you like it within yourself. At simply Bongani across all social media platforms. This has been the Youth Leadership Platform. Join us again for another exciting episode of the best youth show on Cliff Central. This is CliffCentral.com.